Hey, what do you think about them shirts, bro? We need to do um we need to do one. Have you seen like the Vancouver Grizzly stuff? That color. It's like a gr- like a green, right? It's like a greenish blue. Like a, I, I'd say like a I guess teal. Kingdom Vision finna be a clothing brand, baby. Ha. <laughs> Kingdom Vision apparel. Welcome back to the Kingdom Vision Podcast. Uh, with me as always, Mr. Cole Harris. What's and, up, y'all? Uh, we're continuing the... Uh, what series was that, Cole? Commands, <laughs> Commands of Christ. Command, we're, we're continuing the Commands of Christ. Uh, and we'll... like uh, Just like the last, I guess, four episodes, uh, we'll kind of have that same... The same speed and... Uh, We've really enjoyed it. Uh, let us know how y'all feel about it, but we've really enjoyed it. We feel like these are certainly our best podcasts. Um, mm. And we're certainly doing better in the, uh, or I guess Cole's already been there, but the production stages, I'm, I'm growing. Uh, yeah, hope- shout out to uh, Brayden Harris. He just got himself a Sony A6500. No longer the grainy video. No no longer the squad cast video. He's, hey. he's graduated, baby. Hey, I'm trying to slow down the hype just in case we mess this up and all they see is this this uh, Mac video. Yeah, uh, that Mac video <laughs> is brutal. Sheesh. So yeah, what? Uh, uh, you have any thoughts before we get started? Really? No, man, I agree. It's been uh, it's been fun. This Commands of Christ series has really given us direction. Um, you know, the, these have been our greatest podcasts before. They're just kind of like whatever we want to talk about that day, but this has given us structure, given our uh, audience some things to look forward to. Um, you know, we're doing 12 of these Commands of Christ. So we, like Brayden said, we hope this has been productive for y'all. Y'all getting a lot out of it. Um, and let us know, you know, we're actually, I won't do it. I won't do it. I was, we got, I was about to tease them with the, our next series that we got after this, but <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Don't you do that. But, uh i'll start it off so the the command for this podcast for today is john 15 12 this is my commandment that you love one another as i have loved you yes sir so that's a lot i mean jesus says to love it's a command right so Mm -hmm. the story behind this is luke 10 verse 25 through 37. Um, so it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is it written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. 
Now by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out the two denarii, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy, and Jesus said, You go and do likewise. So it's a lot here, it's twelve verses. Um, basically, this man goes up to Jesus and says, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Um, Jesus says, well, what's written in the law, right? And then Jesus, uh, the guy comes to Jesus and says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, blah, blah, blah. Um, Jesus said, you have answered correctly. But then the guy asks, well, who's my neighbor? Jesus said, love your neighbor. Who's my neighbor? Jesus um, replies with this parable talking about these men who pass by this uh, man who's apparently injured on the side of the road. And then this last one, who's the Samaritan, comes and is the one who helps him, takes him to town, buys him food, takes care of him. And that's basically the parable. So that's a summary. Brayden, uh, do you want to go first? I'll give you first first, first take I'll, on this, bro. I want to point to one thing um, like very strongly here. This guy, he comes to Jesus and says, teacher... What shall I do to inherit eternal life? But if you look, he really already has a predetermined idea of what he wants out of this conversation. He wants to be justified. And he that's the whole reason that he talks to Jesus about this. And like we there's such a good lesson out of that because we always have a predetermined idea of what justification looks like, what you know, and we're always trying to to justify our own selves in our minds when there we cannot justify ourselves uh so that spoke to me right there that he had a predetermined idea when he came to jesus but jesus always takes it to another level yeah and it says what must i do to inherit eternal life well it's a trick question there is literally nothing you can do so he's going over there with the wrong motives, like, Jesus, tell me what to do, and I, but there's no actions, no religious requirements, no nothing you can do. So it's a trick question. So it's interesting. And there's another, what's the other parable about this? I think it's Luke 18 um, is another version of this story where um, he goes up, and this is something beyond me, I'll admit. I don't know if this is the same story twice or there's two instances, but in Luke 18, it says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, like he says here. And then the guy says, I've done these all since I was a boy. So right there, he puts himself, he says, you know, the law is the Ten Commandments, right? Which we know is a standard of perfection. So this man says he has done the Ten Commandments, which we know is impossible. So he is therefore put himself on the status, same status as God. Right, like, oh, I've done all these things. Have you really? So, Brayden, what else? I mean, what else do you see other than good teacher? <clears throat> I just, uh, I see that. I love the way that this our past episode and this episode ties in together, because mm-hmm. you know, Ob- uh, obey or Abad and obey, uh, 
you know, so much of our obedience, uh, you know, it, it ties into this, you know, to love one another. Uh, and, and where does our love come from? You know, our, our love can only come from Christ. You know, I, I don't know where it says it, but it says uh, in the Bible that, uh, you know, we love because Christ first loved us. So when Jesus is saying, you know, love one another as I have loved you, it's coming from a first seed. Like he has already planted this and he already showed us how. You know, he already gave us the example, uh, and all we have to do is follow that example. And we have to do our best. Obviously, we fall short, but we have to do our best to say, okay, you know, so and, and our acknowledgement that the source of our love is from his love is important. Uh, it says, to lo- you know, the, the two things are to love God and love people. And in my opinion, it's in that order. Because once you get that love from God and then you give that love to God, then you will have you will generally have love for other people, mm. and uh, you it will you will that's what's going to catapult you into the ability to love other people is whenever you draw from His love, and Thanks. yeah. So when you see the cross, when you see that story, um. You know, I say story like when you see that historical uh, event, <laughs> when you see that, that should provoke a a reaction out of you to have that love for other people. Once you see the measure of his love and what he did, then that will provoke you to love deeper and to love one another. Um, I also love how this man is also, you know, he's also has a, a uh, uh, this thing in his mind, like, what is my neighbor? You know, who's my neighbor? You know, and, and he, I know what he's thinking. He's like, he's like that, that stinking Judy over there. I just cannot stand her. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, don't tell me I got to love her. She's, she's, she's not even a Jew. You know, I don't have, yeah. there's no way I have to love her. And he has this in his mind. Then Jesus, Jesus goes and he tells the story. Probably, probably so prophetic to this guy. That he's like, oh man, cut me right to the heart. Yeah. Because he Jesus takes it to another level and he's just he's basically saying that everyone is your neighbor. Everyone is your neighbor. So you can't you can't try to, you know, make this, oh, this person's not my neighbor. Oh, this per-. he's saying love everyone because everyone's your mm-hmm. neighbor. And I love the way Jesus always does that. He always takes it to the next level on what we're supposed to do. And, you know, a lot of people think that Jesus came and he destroyed the law, but actually he was the fulfillment and he actually took it to an, the next level. And Amen, brother. He, he, he just took it to the whole nother level. And people don't realize that love is that source to allow us to be able to do those things. Christ's love for us allows us to continue on that journey in love. So yeah, we kind of what what I like about this series is we do like the what do we learn about God? What do we learn about people? I think we already established what do we learn about God without even saying it. It's like from that Luke eighteen verse, God is good. What Braden just said, Bra- I mean, God didn't come to you know break the law or you know throw the law away. He came to fulfill the law, as he just said, right? 
But I like this passage because there's a lot about people here. A lot about this fellow who's talking to Jesus. A lot about this parable. And what I extremely like is you would like your first glance at this story. It's like, okay, a priest, a Levite, a Samaritan. You know, if I'm if I have no cultural context of what is going on in the Bible at this time, that means nothing. But when you look at the people, what do we learn about people? There's a priest. Okay, a religious man, a religious leader at that sees this man, a Jew, on the side of the road. Right? Okay, actually, Brayden, do you know if the guy, it doesn't say, it says a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers, stripped and was beaded. Do we know if that man, what heritage or culture he was? I was assuming no, he was a Jew. but my, my understanding is that because he's talking to Jews, that he is he is kind of stating that, but I, I don't know. I, that's the way yeah, I've no, understood it. it. My, I, I wanted to put that clarification because I actually don't know 100% sure, but I was under the impression he was a Jew from everything I've read, learned. Um, but I'm 95% sure he's a Jew, so that's, that's a clarification. But regardless, there is a priest, a religious leader, you know, a Pharisee, whatever, going down the side of the road oh, yeah, and let, passes him by. Uh, I would like to say that by Jesus mentioning that he's a Samaritan probably endorses the fact that he's a Jew. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't say there's context you, clues. Yeah, you don't you don't need that context if unless the other person is of the opposite, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. So the first is a priest, second is a Levite. And I know a Levite was a Jew, was a, a, a tribe of uh, one of the tribes of Benjamin, maybe. I don't know that for sure, but it was, he was a Jew. I know that. So then the third person is a Samaritan, which, like you just said, the only reason you would make that clarification is because he's talking to a Jew because Jews and Samaritans do not interact. The Jews were like culturally like put themselves at the highest. Like they, they thought they were all that. Like Jews, if you were a Jew, you were special. That's what Paul was saying in his testimony. He goes, I was a Jew of Jew part of the tribe of Benjamin, right? Um, kind of like that, uh, see so that you find status in your, in your culture or your race, right? Yeah. It's um, like being, like so, being, like being from Texas. Like, yeah, I'm from Texas, you know? Yeah. People take pride in that, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the third one, he says, but a Samaritan as he journeyed came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So a Samaritan, a Jew and Jew who culturally do not interact, a Samaritan comes and has compassion on him takes him to the inn and took care of him the next day. So this is, this is another thing. A lot of times we're like, okay, what does it mean to love? Like the guy in the beginning, who's my neighbor. We, we, we like to justify things we don't want to do with reasons, right? So this guy not only loves him, but financially supports him, right? Ah, you know, I love him, but that's two denarii and two denarii. I mean, that's a couple days wages. I think it's two or three days wages. Um, Mm -hmm. in that cultural time, gives out of love to that man financially and then he says take care of him and whatever more you whatever more you spend i will repay when i come back so this samaritan not only stops but then he goes another step and helps him financially then a third step and says okay whatever more i will repay it's kind of like that idea of um repentance it's like it's not about a certain deal remember in the story of Zacchaeus, he says, I've given half my goods, and if that's not enough, fourfold. 
you kind of see that love here for this man when he says, "In whatever more, I'll, I'll find a way to help." Like it's mm. it's this yeah, that's a good unlimited point. love, river flowing water. It just flows, man, and it's just it, uh, that's what I see about people and this specifically the Samaritan man's ability to love. Mm. I I I didn't even notice that what you were saying that um you know by that example it's not just that he stopped you know it's not just that um he's showing you that the example of what not to be like and what to be like you know he's saying that these people even in in that their mind in this guy's mind that the priest and the levite would have been this man's neighbor quote unquote more so than the samaritan by definition by, by definition he would be more so his neighbor than the samaritan you know they're they're not even of the same place we're not even of the same so by this happening he's showing he's showing that this person you would think it was more of a neighbor is <laughs> was actually the wrong one mm-hmm. you know and the the person that would in his mind would not even be the neighbor was the one that acted like his neighbor mm-hmm. who who needed to show, you know, who actually showed the love and actually showed the compassion. So the way that Jesus, you know, there's so much into how he reacts to people that um, there's so much depth. Um, that's so, that's so awesome. And, and I, a thing I find interesting here is like Jesus's command was to love, right? And then the story is about love. But when we look at love, and this is, we've talked about love, I think maybe the last two episodes dabbled in it. Love here seems to be different than the love that Hollywood shows, that our culture provides, that um, America seems to, it's, there's, there's a disconnect here. Because this love is different than that love, Instagram love, right? This man probably did not want to give up two days of his wages. That's two days of hard work that he had to give up, right? Probably didn't feel good. Two days. He he not only probably was scared. There's probably some fear involved with that. A Samaritan interacting with a Jew. There's probably some um, anger. There there's there's feelings of. It, it, the point is, it doesn't feel good, right? If you look at what love is, um, and an analogy would be of what Jesus did on the cross. Okay, Jesus wasn't sitting up there, man. Yes, nails in my hands. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. There's I'm being crucified. Oh my gosh, I love this, right? No, he was actually scared. In Gethsemane, he was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, right? He did not want to go to the cross. But in Philippians 2, it actually says that he humbled himself and was obedient. And he was obedient even to the death on a cross, which a cross is what criminals are hanged on, right? So Jesus was humbled and obedient. So what is love? Love is being obedient, um, doing what is right, being truthful, like obeying truth when your feelings are for you and when your feelings oppose you. So it's more than a mere feeling which our society classifies it as. Yeah. You look at what is love, right? We've already established um, what love is, and that's the definition of love is God, right? Our big, me and Brain's big thing is like God is love. It's a Chris Ransima song, God is love banger we're gonna do a god is love t-shirt um god is love is just like become kind of like a thing like i don't know and it says in first john 
four, I think verse 17, for somewhere in first John four, that God is love. It's not something we just drawn out of the air. It's actually scripture. And so the definition of love is what Jesus did on that cross. That is love. When he took our place, when we didn't deserve what he took the death we deserved. And now we take his righteousness that he had because he was perfect. So we have his imputed righteousness, which is, it changes your life when you truly grasp, you know, grasp that. But another applicable thing is Romans 9, 1. Paul says, I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit. So verse 1, hey, I'm not lying. I'm not joking. It's funny how he says this because he knew people would go crazy about like reading this. Verse 2, that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. He would give up his own relationship with God, his own salvation, right? Like when we were you know, professed Christ, I mean, when we were saved, we were born again, he would give that up so his brother could know Christ. When you th- really think about that, that's what Jesus did on the cross. He gave up his right standing with God because God is perfect. There can be no sin at all. It, like there's no sin because he's God. He's perfect. I've never so then, thought of that. Sheesh. So then when God, when Jesus took on sin, there became a separation. And that's when Jesus took on literal hell because hell by definition is not, oh, you're below the earth and with the devil. No, hell is separation from God. So Jesus took on hell on the cross when he was separated, when he took on sin. So wow. technically Paul is saying he would, out of love, like he would sacrifice something like that, agape, sacrificial love for his brother. That's the main point is sacrificial love. It, and, and you don't think like, hey, hey, Brayden, that girl, man, I love that girl, man. She makes me feel good. That must be love. And you look at what Paul says here. There's, that is not the love that our Instagram teaches us. <laughs> yeah, lo- love is love is a little harder than <laughs> love is a little harder than that. <laughs> that is. <laughs> so, uh, was that on question one? Are we have question two now. Yeah, that was uh, what is love, and yeah. kind of went into like. No, I yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I think the answer to all these questions could just be the answer to the first one. So, second question is, why do we love? You you said this a lot. I'll go ahead. Say what? Because Christ first loved us. You say it all the time that we've we've loved because Christ first loved us. Yeah. That's like your go to line, bro. Anytime we love because Christ first loved us, you say it all the time, bro. That and that is my. That is so much of like, for me when I'm struggling or when I'm, uh, when I'm struggling to love. It's like, dude, it's not even my love to give. Like, it's not my, you know, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to to have died to my flesh. I'm supposed to have died to my, to my ways and taken on him and his love. Like, you know, I have to, uh, I have to agree with him, you know, and his love is so good and it endures forever. His love endures forever. So what kind of love is that? Also, why should we love verse Matthew 22, 37-39? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
all your soul and all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I this and you should love your neighbor as yourself. This is very interesting. Um, I watched a sermon on self love by Matt Chandler, and it's it's perspective because you think about like the Christian walk, like self love is self denial, like. Like this, it's very easy to be like, oh, I hate myself. I hate my fleshly desires, right? Yes. But False. at the same time, it's a yeah. That, that, it, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. I I, I was just, <laughs> I had just been on this, so I got excited. But no, go ahead. That, I was kind of uh, the world. The way the world looks at humbleness is, oh, a girl, a girl's like, oh yeah, I'm ugly. Oh, I'm I'm so bad. I I oh I. I can't believe myself. I'm so awful. Like that's not being humble. That's actually seeking for someone else to build you up. Like that's actually wanting other people wanting to be noticed. And that's not humbleness is actually kind of the opposite of that. It's actually not needing to say these things, not needing to be noticed, not needing for other people to, to, I guess understand not not needing for other people to to build you up all the time. It's actually knowing who you are in Christ. Actually knowing what Christ was enough, Christ's love is enough. And so you can be humble and you don't need to build yourself up or other people to build you up all the time. The definition of love yourself is and this is getting into like a um a topic that it could be a podcast on its own, but you say, love yourself, you know, LGBTQ plus, you know, all that stuff. Love yourself, live your truth. No, the definition of love yourself biblically is to know what your worth is in Christ, know who Christ says you are. And if you know that and you ingrain that in your heart and you love yourself the way that Christ tells you, you know, like know your worth, know your value, and then love your neighbor as yourself, So if we know that we are made new in Christ, if we know that our righteousness means nothing, that we are only uh, righteous and saved by the grace of God, then all of a sudden that love overflows to another person. It's not love your neighbor as yourself. And and this kind of gets on uh, the next question. Uh, How do we love? It's not proclaiming your goodness, proclaiming your uh, good qualities, right? And you look on how do we love? Like, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I posted that picture, right, uh, about like, oh, I was accepted Jesus, um, bought my first or started a podcast, bought my first camera. I basically gave like the latest year of my life on Instagram. And out of that kind of bird, the conversation with one of my guys from my former organization, um, and he's saying how he's been praying and stuff like that. So it birds, it opened a door for a gospel conversation, right? So you look at how do we love? If you look at that as me, oh man, I was saved uh, February 2020. I bought my first camera. Now I'm doing videography. I I spread the gospel. That's not what it is, right? What I was doing there was showing how God was working in a sinner, how God has worked through my life. There's evidence for how real he is throughout my life because you go from who I was, I was saved, and now like there is clear evidence and divine intervention in my life. That's proclaiming his goodness, not my goodness. So that is a form of how we love is to tell people how God has worked in our life. 
Not, yeah. hey, look at me. Look at God through this wicked sinner. That is what it is. And a lot of people, I mean, it's kind of hard to navigate. And it, it comes down to like, you got to navigate your own motives in your heart because it's very easy. Like we said last week, man, look at how I loved on that person. Look on how, so it's easy to fall into the selfish mentality, but. Yeah, I would say, I would say the biggest thing that, that drives me out of pride is realizing that I cannot justify anything. I, my justification only comes through Christ. Christ is my justification. Not even my act of repentance, not even my act of this. That doesn't even justify me. I do these things because Christ told me to. I do these things because Christ exemplified these things for me, but that doesn't justify me. Only himself justifies me. And once you see that, then you have no need to be to build yourself up. You have no need to to do these things because you already like, oh, I have him. I mean, I'm okay, you know. I don't need I don't look, need anything else. You look at testimonies, how God like how I came to Christ or how anybody came to Christ. I used to look at people on Instagram, on TikTok before I was a Christian. Oh, like they're so egoistic. They're so self-centered. Look at me, look at me. But when you become saved and truly it took other people's testimonies of God speaking into my life, then, okay, God worked through that person in the same things that I'm struggling with right now. When you realize that proclaiming the excellencies of how God called you out of darkness is proclaiming his glory. Um, and, I, and there's no really other way to say it, but. Like your testimony is powerful. Your testimony, and you look at uh, this is a conversation me and you had, Braden. It's like testimonies, uh, man. Everyone's looking for that worst testimony. There's a there's a a trend in our in our culture, like the superhero trend. I call it. It's you start off, you you struggle, you're down and out, and then you're gonna get that mountaintop, that comeback, and then you're gonna be on top of the mountain. So like you look at, um. Gosh dang, I can't think of an example. You look at like Creed. Uh, Creed's my example. Creed starts off winning, winning. All of a sudden, he gets beat. He goes to the freaking desert. He he has to train, 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 train. He's down. He's down. He's down bad. All of a sudden, he gets back to the championship. Wins. He's on top of the world. That's how our culture lives. Like that's yep. that's how I lived. Right. Yep. Thinking like, oh man, ah, oh, my next one's coming. My next one's coming. But. That that is a crooked way to live because in the end, and this is kind of getting off topic, I know, but in the end, my life for the rest of my life could worldly be miserable. The podcast, this is the most our podcast could ever grow. My videography, this is the best my video my videography could ever get. I could work a nine to five, making ten dollars an hour for the rest of my life. See, if you have this idea of man, I'm I'm next. There's something. That, you're 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 doubting and you're undermining what God has for you right now and being content and you're coveting for something that you want and not what God has placed you in already. So that's uh, I don't really know where I was going with that. I guess God has put that on my heart right there. Yeah. But it's kind of going off the testimony idea. Of, don't don't have pride in it. Don't beat other people down with your testimony. I agree with that. You know, you can you can try to be so good that it deters other people or you're you're you were so bad and you try to beat people off with 
with how bad you were yes. and how good, you know, but the whole point of your testimony is to is to exemplify how amazing Christ was in your life. How awesome was Christ? And it doesn't matter what, you know, what you came from, what you did. The whole point is Christ and the whole point is to help others get to Christ. Those two yeah, things. That was my point. And specifically what I was going to say was I actually see it. I'm not saying let other testimonies are not as powerful, but there was a pastor at, at Central or the college pastor at Central says he was saved at eight years old. At eight years old, he realized he was a sinner and accepted Christ. He didn't have to go, you know, you see testimonies where, you know, they do drugs. They do like they go off the deep end. Right. That is a powerful testimony. Right. God is working in that testimony. But you also see a testimony where he realized he was a sinner at eight years old. Right. But you see in our culture, sometimes they it's comparing testimonies. Man, uh, I was a, this bad. Oh, I was this bad. Oh, no, I was this bad. Whereas it takes the theme of the testimony off of God and onto yourself about how bad you were. And and more on that and less on how Christ like that. That's what a testimony is for is to show the glory of Christ. So in our culture, you see that testimony battle sometimes. But the main point I was trying to get at is the ways to show love is through your testimony is telling people how God has worked in your life because some people would doubt. Some people don't know how God works practically in the real world. So when you're sharing the goodnesses goodness of God and how he's worked in your life, that is a form of love. Uh, Exactly. And that, you know, that kind of goes back to everything. Everything you do flows out of that love for Christ that actually the one, the, the love that Christ has shown for you, everything flows from that. Your love for people, your love for Christ, your love for anything all flows out of that. And anything outside of Christ's love is usually just looking for love back self, you know, looking for a way to, to, to gain self, to gain love back to you, but only Christ's love can fill you. You know, that's when it Mm. talks about pouring your, uh, you know, the broken cisterns, you know, there's only one, there's only one pool of love that will fill you for the rest of your life. And that's Christ's love. And you feel so sufficient that you don't mind loving other people if they never show you love back. A way God has been working in my heart to love others more recently has been not having to know everything and be the guy who has all the answers, right? So I was towards the end of this last semester, I was meeting with people. You know, you have gospel conversations. Other people take the role, say me and Brayden are evangelizing. Brayden is the one leading. I'm the background. I'm there supporting. Not always having to be the one to be right. Not always having, not, it's not about being right. Not always having to be the guy with the answers to get the right? job so done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If someone says something, maybe I learned that about God or God taught me that three months ago. Yeah. I don't got to sit there in that moment and be like, Oh yeah, I know that. Oh. And then one up maybe yeah. sometimes <laughs> even more practically, if I'm talking to an unbeliever, not being okay with looking like an idiot, because like the gospel says, the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing, but is everything. It's salvation to us. Right. So sometimes it's looking like an idiot in front of people, but being okay with that because it's not our job yep. to make our justification. That's one way God's worked in my heart. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else you feel like that? Is that it? I mean, I think that's it, bro. You can, you can wrap us up if you want. Thank y'all so much 
for watching. Uh, we are trying to grow, so spread the spread the love if you uh, if you feel that Christ is working uh, through this podcast. If you feel like Christ is working on our hearts and that is our will, then please share because we want we want others to know about Christ, uh, and that is that is it. Simple as that. Uh, we're willing to take the time, so. Uh, and we're happy to to have a conversation with anyone if they ever if they ever need anything. That's what we started this for, is to help others. So that is the Amen. whole point, just to love other people. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, God bless you all. That'll be it.